Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hi, Dr. Dave Bloemfontein. It's so nice spending time with you on this historic moment for our very first online celebration service. My prayer still stays the same that wherever you're watching this and spending time together, that you would experience the presence of Jesus. Because wherever Jesus is, things change. Now, we're going to continue in our series, Beautiful One, and I think it's a very timely series because I don't think there's anything better to do in a time like this in this world than to look at the beautiful one, Jesus, the symbol of hope, the one that draws us closer to him. And um, as we've been looking at Jesus, the beautiful one, last week, if you've joined us, you'll know that we've said Jesus is beautiful, but not in the kind of superficial surface way that we many times find in this world attracting people because he's looking very attractive that wasn't the picture however we say Jesus had a hidden beauty and that this hidden beauty of Jesus confronts us to the deepest core and it transforms us ultimately and um, this week we're going to be looking at Jesus taking us to the edges of our uncomfortability of our own comfort and um, I don't know if you've ever read about him or spent time um, me, looking at the life of Jesus, but I can tell you one thing is that whomever has heard his voice or looked at his life, he would have challenged to the very core of their being. But we as people love to like soften up Jesus. And even in the Middle Ages, we find this when uh, the church made use of the top-level, top-notch technology, stained glass windows, the forerunner of the projector or a movie in today's world, and they softened up Jesus trying to make him beautiful and attractive. But as we're going to be looking today in Matthew chapter 15, we're going to find Jesus almost in a paradox, um, seeing the beautiful one saying probably the ugliest words ever. So let's dive in and look at chapter 15, Matthew chapter 15 with Jesus starting off a conversation and an argument with the Pharisees. Now this argument centers around something that I think is very relevant today. It's washing hands, which is super important. So please wash your hands. But the argument here wasn't centering around a virus that's spreading the globe. No, it was centering around the power of a religious activity that would clean us, that would cleanse us. And Jesus challenging as he always is and um, putting out a different perspective in life goes out, challenges the Pharisees and says, guys, it's not what's on the outside that cleans us. And you cannot clean the thing that's actually wrong and the thing that's actually unclean, which is our hearts. The state of our hearts and the evil within our hearts cannot be cleansed by some other religious activity on the outside. And then classic, the disciples not understanding what Jesus is talking about when he's saying what goes into your mouth cannot make you unclean, but what comes out is that what makes you unclean. They ask, Jesus, what's this all about? And Jesus, knowing his disciples quite well, like he knows you and me, decides it's not just going to help to explain only. Let's go and do a practical. So he takes them on this little journey. And if you know Jesus, you've probably on one of these journeys. You've probably been walking this road where it's going to get kind of uncomfortable. And the Bible tells us in uh, Matthew 15, chapter 1, that Jesus immediately left that place. He withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, just quickly, interesting notes here. 
Tyre and Sidon wasn't just a little short round trip. It was like 80 kilometers out of the way of where Jesus and his disciples were going. This is, in fact, the only time that we know about Jesus leaving the borders of his country. And he's purposefully going there. This is also unclean country. And he's taking his disciples with. Now, can you imagine the moment Jesus goes a different way than what the disciples were expecting? How they would be, Jesus, this is the wrong way. Um, and when we go the wrong way, we're going to meet with the wrong people. And maybe you can experience that in your life. Maybe you can identify with this, where Jesus sends you to the wrong city, to the wrong university. And this is maybe the wrong time and the wrong space. This is exactly where the disciples is. But I just want to mention one thing. Maybe Jesus has been putting you in that space, not necessarily for you, but to do something through you and in you. So maybe it's not so much about you, but what Jesus wants to do through you and in you, as we'll see later on in this story. And what happens next is I find really interesting. It's almost like this picture. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's going to be on the screen next to me. It's about the picture of the beautiful young lady as well as the not-so-beautiful older lady in the same picture. And it's kind of like we're viewing a paradox because in the one moment, as we're looking at the beautiful thing, we also see something not so beautiful. And that's exactly what happens when Jesus arrives in unclean country. The thing that the disciples said was going to happen or would have thought happened, did happen. Because a Canaanite woman came to Jesus and cried out to Jesus. Now, just some background on the Canaanite woman. The Canaanites were people that were seen as Gentiles. They were unclean, unworthy. They were not people to be mingled with or to connect with around a table. If you were, were to be in their presence or couldn't eat what they would eat, you would have been seen as unclean and needed to go through lots of rituals to actually make, make things happen and be, be cleansed again. So Jesus purposefully goes here, and then this unclean, clean woman approaches them she cries out she says lord son of david have mercy on me my daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly and now we're waiting in anticipation as to what jesus is going to be doing and jesus does the unthinkable he just ignores her he doesn't say a word back can you imagine that and then what I thought when I was reading this piece of scripture, I thought maybe Jesus didn't hear her. Maybe she like, tried to say something, but Jesus was busy with something else. And then later on in this piece of scripture, it's so clear. The disciples even coming to Jesus saying, Jesus, can you just send this woman away? She keeps crying. She keeps nagging. It's not like Jesus is missing this moment. He ignored her purposefully. And you're like, what's happening, Jesus? Then he answers for the very first time and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. This woman's request were almost like shrugged away to the one side. But I don't know if you've ever been there. This lady does what we all do when we're in unclean country, when we have this mess in our lives and, and we're not mixing with the right crowd and everything is just not working. Even in times such as this, the only position that we take in is the one that says, Lord, help me i'm crying out and that's exactly what this woman does she screams out lord help me i'm in desperate need of your mercy and what does jesus do and this is the moment that probably we'd all love jesus to be that beauty pageant blow-dried hair beautiful jesus 
speaking back to her and saying, oh, well, my daughter, come sit by me. But Jesus stuns us when he says in verse 26 the following. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And I'm like, what? Jesus, what? That's, that's kind of like where I am now. What are you busy saying? Have you just called this woman a dog? How's that possible? Some commentaries struggle with Jesus' upfrontness, and they even soften the, the, the word dog to meaning little dog, like house dog, indoor dog, chihuahua kind of idea. But um, Jesus is not saying that. And it's like the most beautiful one saying the ugliest words. I'll be honest. If I heard Jesus say that about me, my first response would be, Jesus, what did you just say? I would be offended. I would walk away. But as in all of Jesus' stories, there is this turn of events, unexpected. When this woman comes back and she says, yes, it is so, Lord. She's saying, Jesus, you're right. I am a dog. And then she goes on to say, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus replies. She says, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Now, when you hear this, firstly, what's happening in this moment and in this story, this woman agrees how could she? How could she even say, yes, I am a dog? And secondly, Jesus then goes on and calls this woman one of great faith. And he grants her request. Now, I can imagine the disciples being busy talking to one another here and saying, well, Jesus, um, what? what did he just do? Just by the way, there's only two people ever we read about Jesus commending as having great faith. The one was a Roman soldier, centurion. That's the enemy. And the other one is this Canaanite woman, an unclean woman. He never said this to any of his disciples, not even Peter. While he was walking on water, he was just one with little faith. He didn't even have great faith. So what's Jesus busy saying to his disciples? Well, I think he's busy telling them, guys, you may have wonderful beliefs, but you do not have great faith. And then secondly, I think the deeper part of the story lies within how Jesus is busy mirroring the, the, the behavior of the Pharisees and his disciples, exposing their hearts in this moment to get to one deeper truth. The way this woman would approach Jesus, I think, would become a model for each and every one of us to approach the beautiful one. What she does is she catches on to what Jesus is busy saying. He's using picture language and talking about the way people would view Gentiles in those times. And she says, yes, Jesus, you're right. I am unworthy. Jesus is busy stating that about everyone. I'm unworthy to come and sit at the table of the Most High. I'm unworthy to be in the presence of the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Jesus, I cannot sit on your table. And most of us stay there. But I think this woman's faith moved on. And she takes that next step and says, but Lord, even the crumbs from your table, your mercy is enough even for the most desperate moment that I could possibly experience in this life. And that is the beauty that we behold. The beauty that we behold in the most beautiful one on the cross. 
when we see the most ugly picture of our hearts being poured out on that cross as we nail the Son of God onto a cross. But in that same moment, when we realize that it's His mercy and His grace that made the decision to pay the price for what we deserve, that the beautiful one transforms our hearts into the most beautiful picture. Today, I want to ask you, like that woman, do you trust Jesus? Are you willing to say firstly, yes, Jesus, I am a dog. But Jesus, I also believe that your mercy and your grace is sufficient even in my times of weakness. Let's pray together. Father, as we are spending time together in, at this moment, reflecting on the beautiful one, I want to come and pray that wherever out there people may be confronted with life's realities and coming to the beautiful one, saying that even the crumbs from your table will speak to my situation. Your grace is enough in every circumstances, in sickness and in health, in times of trouble and in times of plenty. Your grace is sufficient and it comes to its fullest right in our times of weakness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.